Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hi, and welcome to The Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm Margaret Gardner, your host for today's discussion on peer-to-peer fundraising for nonprofits. Our guest today is Chris Lyons, president of Brand United, nonprofit pro and book business. Chris is a publishing, nonprofit, and marketing industry veteran who's held leadership positions at Kodak, Scholastic, Reed Elsevier, and R.H. Donnelly. His first business loves are publishing, nonprofits, and marketing, and he has dedicated his career to learning about, inventing, and sharing innovations and successes for those markets. He formerly was president of the Target Marketing Group, a division of Napco Media. Thanks again for joining us today, Chris. We're really excited to have you on the Beacon Podcast. Margaret, thank you so much. And uh, this is my second time on the Beacon Podcast and uh, appreciate uh, the opportunity to come back and participate again. Well, welcome back. We appreciate you being here. So, okay, let's jump right in. Nonprofit Pro recently concluded its 2021 peer-to-peer fundraising study. Can you tell me what were the key takeaways for fundraisers and nonprofit organizations from that study? Yeah, sure. Uh, So we do this study every year just to get a a pulse on what's happening in the nonprofit marketplace for peer-to-peer fundraising activities. And, uh, you know, the the market is so large, you know, over uh, 1.5 million, some would say close to 2 million nonprofits overall. We'd like to level set and understand how many nonprofits are actually participating in fundraising peer-to-peer events. And uh, what we found from this year's study, uh, which is uh, comparable to the previous year's studies, is that over 50%, about 51% of nonprofits do not participate or do peer-to-peer fundraising activities. And uh, of the ones that say they uh, either did or are unsure, about 40% of nonprofits actually are doing peer-to-peer fundraising activities. So that's a that's a good nugget of information uh, that, that 40% of nonprofits are doing them and 50% are not. And it takes us into, you know, why people aren't doing peer-to-peer fundraising and some of the issues around that. And then um, that, and we can go further into that topic in a second. Uh, the other big takeaway is the effects of COVID-19 pandemic on the transformation of peer-to-peer, traditional peer-to-peer activities such as uh, marathons and dance-a-thons and things of that nature and how those were impacted by uh, the virus and how nonprofit organizations pivoted to a different model, a virtual model. So uh, that was another uh, key takeaway in this year's uh, study. And then we wanted to really understand the participants uh, in nonprofit fundraising, peer-to-peer fundraising events, and um, the kind of technology use that is uh, percolating in uh, peer-to-peer fundraising. And that is a very interesting category in the marketplace because um, mobile technology, digital technologies have really revolutionized the ways in which uh, nonprofits can engage with uh, participants in peer-to-peer activities. So those are the three main uh, takeaways from the study. This year. Briefly, was there anything that 
really surprised you from the study that made you step back and say, hmm, I, we, didn't, we didn't realize this was going on? Well, uh, one of the questions that we asked was more of a, a operational question, and that was around how many folks have a strategic plan in place, whether it's a strategic plan for their peer-to-peer activities or for their nonprofit overall. And only about 50% uh, indicate that they have a strategic plan. And that is really, I think, one of the, the most important things that came out of the study, because if you don't have a plan or if you don't know where you're trying to go, it's very hard to get there. And so that, I think, was a finding that, that um, uh, is concerning, uh, but at the same time, opportunistic, uh, that if people can really spend their uh, focus on uh, strategic planning, uh, that it will help them and their mission. And, and that is something we can touch on in a little bit, but I would like for you, if you don't mind, to talk about why peer-to-peer is an important tool for organizations. Yeah, so there, you know, a peer-to-peer event has multiple values to it, and, and uh, one of our uh, friends uh, is a strategic peer-to-peer fundraising consulting firm called uh, Turnkey, and the, and one of the big things that Turnkey is focused on is the kinds of ways in which nonprofits look at the participants and/or donors that they have, and uh, the big takeaway is that nonprofits should look at the community of participants, community of donors, uh, kind of as a tribe, a group of people that have like-minded interests and ways of looking at a particular challenge or issue that the nonprofit is trying to solve for. And if you think about uh, tribal ways in which tribes work together and and play together, it can help you really uh, focus on the peer-to-peer activities that you do. What is it that your tribe likes to do? How do you get into their minds and understand what uh, drives their interests in in supporting your organization and ways in which it can support that uh, organization? So one of the things that came out of the study that we did is what are the top peer-to-peer fundraising strategies or ways in which nonprofits uh, can engage their tribe. And about 26% of the survey respondents indicated that they want to and do execute live events, a race, a marathon, a -a dance-a-thon, things of that nature, where not only do they engage the the community of donors and participants, but those people throw out the net to to their friends and family. And it expands the mission of the organization, but it also expands the potential donor base and the engagement of folks uh, on a day-in, day-out basis. It becomes very tactile, very real when you're, you know, when you're dancing for 48 hours at uh, the Penn State Thon event and you've got all your family members and your friends have contributed to that event. That's a really powerful way to build community, to build your tribe, to build this uh, enthusiasm for the mission of your organization. Uh, the other peer-to-peer strategy that that was pretty relevant and pre- prevalent this uh, past year study is on virtual fundraising and how people are going about doing that. How do you build a virtual tribe that has as much 
uh, depth and and uh, value as a a live event. Um, so that was a, a big finding also. I know that, well, you and I know that fundraisers um, and nonprofit organizations hold, hold their actual events very close to their hearts. It, you know, the, the big galas, those are things that have served nonprofits really well. So it's, it makes sense, though, that the, the pandemic had to, it forced them to sort of let go of that a little bit. And so would you say that the pandemic was sort of a pathway into a more acceptance of peer-to-peer fundraising that fundraising that didn't center on like the big gala and and focused more on like you said forming tribes of people who will get your message out and who will support you yeah you know the 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 galas are an interesting you know we don't generally put those into the same bucket as a peer-to-peer fundraising event i mean in some ways they do in the uh, a person goes to a gala and they buy a table and they bring in some of their friends and, and try to do that kind of thing. But I would say, you know, from a peer-to-peer fundraising point of view, it's more of the, in some ways, the physical participation in activities and being sponsored by another person or many people uh, that are sponsoring you as you're running or walking or dancing or whatever the, the case may be. So. The in that in that sense, uh, the virtual side of the business of peer-to-peer fundraising had a lot of legs because you could you could build virtual connections and things that people could do that could get sponsorships and/or partners to say yes, I'm going to support uh, you in this uh, activity that you're going to be part of. And the galas, uh, you know, the galas actually changed quite radically. And they saw a fair amount of drop-off in revenue because those live event galas where people could have uh, live auctions and silent auctions and all those kinds of activities uh, really uh, dried up. And even if they did a virtual event uh, for a couple of hours and tried to have some of those component pieces, the stickiness of being in a live event was not there. And so you we saw a number of nonprofits uh, see about 30 to 40% drop-offs in their gala revenues, uh, even when they did a, a virtual one. Okay. When, I know that, that this is a huge, you know, peer-to-peer is a huge topic, and it would be really difficult to condense it into just a few minutes. But can you talk more about the strategic planning that you mentioned for peer-to-peer and, and sort of talk about things that organizations have to think about if they're going to get into peer-to-peer fundraising? How do they know that the time is right? What kinds of challenges might they encounter? Can you just give us an overview of that? Sure. So, you know, any fundraising through peer-to-peer is a piece of an overall strategic fundraising strategy and plan. It's not a siloed event or it shouldn't be, uh, from a strategic planning perspective, uh, that that sits in its own little nest. It needs to be part of uh, the overall uh, fundraising strategy that the organization has that includes uh, other types of fundraising activities like direct mail campaigns and campaigns that are uh, tapping into grant dollars and other sources of revenue. All of those uh, sources need to be 
part of the, the plan? And then how do you take all of the, the touch points that you have with the donors that come from each and every one of those and integrate those into a, a database of donors and contributors so that you can communicate with them on a regular basis uh, using CRM platforms, uh, et cetera. Uh, but it has to be part of a strategic plan that says, okay, here's here's the cause that we're going after. Here's the purpose that we have. Here is the ways in which we want to serve this cause uh, through education or through scholarships or whatever the execution side is of the nonprofit. And then here's how we're going to go after the audience of people that will support us through donations. Uh, and here's how we're going to do that through peer-to-peer fundraising, direct mail, uh, social media uh, fundraising, TikTok and, and uh, live streaming. You name the technology, you name the fundraising touchpoint. And then as you look at what your capacity and capabilities are uh, with your team, do you have a big enough team? Do you have the right team members? Do they have the right skill set? So taking the time to do that kind of a strategic plan and then determining if in fact peer-to-peer is an appropriate fit for uh, your organization and what it is that you can do is uh, extremely valuable. So sorry, I kind of went off on a long tangent there uh, in terms of what that plan would look like, but it's, uh, I think that's a good uh, overview. Thank you. Yes, it was. And I'm, I'm wondering, I know we can talk about, I know you could talk about this study for much longer than we have. Is the study available on the Nonprofit Pro website? Yep. Yep. If you just go to our website, uh, you can download it uh, right from our resources section. It's, uh, it's about a 20 some odd page uh, study and it gives you some uh, excellent insights into um, everything from how much money uh, nonprofits are charging for uh, registration, or if they're charging anything for registration, um, the kinds of nonprofit activities that uh, uh, fundraisers are using through and for peer-to-peer fundraising activity, all that is in this study and uh, easily accessible through the site. Great, great. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. We have just about come to the end of our time. Uh, you, you've really given our listeners a lot to think about and some great guidance, and, and we appreciate it. For those of you listening, you can follow Chris on LinkedIn and learn more about Nonprofit Pro at nonprofitpro.com, where, as Chris said, you can download a copy of the Peer-to-Peer Fundraising Study. Uh, I'm Margaret Gardner. Again, thank you for joining us, and see you next time on The Beacon Podcast. Thanks for listening to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcasts and guests at lighthousecouncil.com.